father-in-law for about 10 years up in Columbus, Ohio, and he came and, and took the church, and we were talking about it, and uh, I had baptized him when he was five years old. I told somebody I didn't realize I was baptizing my successor, but I was. And then, uh, Brother Heath, what a blessing it is to be here and, and uh, listen to him preach every week. Boy, he's got wisdom beyond his years, that's for sure, and uh, God's blessing and using him. Uh, we met uh, Brother Heath, I think he was about 10 years old, and uh, I would, had the privilege to uh, recommend Brother Clay to a former church that I had pastored, and I recommended Brother Clay to two churches, and uh, both turned out bad experiences for him. So it's amazing that he will speak to me when he <laughs> sees me on a hall. But, but he still does, and uh, we're still friends, you know. But uh, I appreciate him, and it's been a real, real blessing uh, to just watch Heath as he's matured and grown in the Lord and uh, to see what God is doing in and through him. What a blessing it is. And we've had the privilege through the years to just watch him and see what the Lord's doing. It's been a real blessing, and uh, I've, I've got a real blessing from it. But uh, I'm glad to be able to uh, fill in for him tonight and uh, just wish I could uh, do, him, do him justice because I know how he can preach. But uh, I'm just an old-fashioned old uh, preacher, you know. I, I love God's Word, and I love to preach. And uh, so I'm thankful that uh, he invited me to do this tonight, and I'm so glad we could be listening to Brother John. He finally got well. I, I thought for a while I was going to have to leave the singing tonight, you know. They, they were all sick, but uh, they, got, they got over it, I guess. And Brother Tim was going to do all right. Well, I'm talking, trying to decide uh, what the message ought to be. And uh, you know what? Uh, I asked Kippy coming over, I said, what, what do you preach when it may be your last time, you know? And <laughs> she said, you're not planning on that. Or I said, well, you never know. But uh, in John chapter number 10, the Gospel of John, uh, chapter number 10, and uh, I'd like for us to read beginning with verse number 1, uh, verse number 1. Uh, the Bible says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. And this parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. 
The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Pray with me, Father. We are thankful uh, for these moments that we have together to share in the Word of God. And I pray, Lord, the Spirit of God to see fit to use uh, one such as I. And uh, Lord, I thank you for what you've done through the years and how you've blessed me, given me strength and encouragement. And I pray you'll help me tonight as I try to uh, explain this portion of Scripture. And maybe if there's one here that's never trusted Christ, uh, tonight would be the night that just surrender their heart and life to him, receive everlasting life. We love you. And we thank you because of who you are. Cleanse our heart and use us now. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, it would be a, a blessed experience for any Christian just to go through uh, the four Gospels and uh, to read the verses where Jesus said, uh, I am. Uh, you know, I am the water of life. And aren't you thankful that he is? And you drink of that water, you never thirst again. Uh, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the bread of God come down from heaven. And then here in our text tonight, in an effort uh, to make the way of salvation clear, uh, Jesus says to all men of all ages, everywhere, I am the door. He said, by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Now, there are three doors that are mentioned in the first nine verses here in John's gospel. In verse number one is the door of the sheepfold. In verse number seven, you have the door of the sheep. And then in verse nine, the open door of salvation. Now, tonight, for just a moment, I want to speak in verse nine, Jesus, the door of salvation. I remember a number of years ago, I, I don't recall how many, but it's been a long time ago, I was pastoring in Reedsville, North Carolina, and we had taken our teenagers to camp in Ashboro. Brother Ed Medeiros and his son and son-in-law and myself, we ran the camp three weeks every summer. And Brother Ed and I would go into town in the mornings to buy supplies, uh, to pick up the groceries, to feed them lunch and supper. And I remember one day we were going along, and any time you were with Brother Ed, you always uh, discussed preaching. That's what he liked to talk about, and that's what we talked about all the time. And I remember him telling me, he said, Floyd, don't ever quit preaching on the great but simple text of the Bible. Especially, he said, the verses that exalt Jesus and make the way of salvation clear. I think that's good advice for uh, any preacher anywhere. And that's always been my heart's desire to make the way to heaven very plain and very clear. Make it so plain and so clear that no one will ever be able to say, I heard you preach, but it was not explained so I could understand it. It was not made clear. Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall uh, be saved. Now, Jackie and I had the privilege, oh, it's been 30 years ago, I guess, to go to the Holy Land. And uh, we saw uh, some old-fashioned sheepfolds while we were there. 
I remember uh, especially that one morning just outside of Capernaum. And they were simply a little wall. It was about six feet high, made uh, in a circular fashion. And if you walked around one of them, you would find that the opening is about six feet long. And uh, there's no gate, uh, never has been, never will be in a sheepfold. And when the night came, uh, the shepherd would call and the sheep would know his voice. And uh, when he walked into the sheepfold, the sheep would follow. And then as night came on and the sun would go down, the moon would come up, uh, with his shepherd's staff, uh, that shepherd would lay across that opening of about six uh, feet across. And the door to the sheepfold was not an inanimate uh, object. Uh, it was not a gate, had no latches, no hinges. The door of the sheepfold uh, was a person. And Jesus said there in verse number nine, I am the door. I am uh, the door. And uh, uh, he said, uh, uh, and let me give you just some simple uh, little truths about that door. First of all, uh, let me say this, Jesus is the ordained door. In other words, before God ever put a star in heaven, before God ever spoke the world into existence, God ordained that Jesus Christ, his son, born of a virgin, uh, conceived of the Holy Ghost, who would live among men, die on a cross, and rise from the dead. God in heaven ordained him from the foundation of the world that his son would be the ordained door. If you'll notice with me back in 1 Peter, and the Bible says in chapter 1 uh, in 1 Peter, I believe verse number 18, uh, it says, For as much as you know, you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. He said, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times uh, for you. And so Jesus, you see, dying on the cross, uh, he died for our sins. He was ordained of God. And we ought to see Calvary as a part of God's plan. And then you'll see what it's all about. You see, Calvary was no accident. Uh, Jesus was not just a martyr. Uh, listen to what he said in chapter 10 there, verses 17 and, and uh, 18. Uh, Jesus said, therefore doth my father love me. Why? He said, because I lay down myself, uh, my life, uh, that I might take it again. He said, no man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. And this commandment have I received uh, of, my, of my father. You see, Calvary, we're talking about the death, the suffering, uh, the blood of Jesus on the cross. It was no accident. It was not an afterthought, not something God thought about. About uh, 2,000 years ago, listen to me, folks. It was planned way back in the eternal counsels of God, way back in the beginning of eternity. It was ordained of God that Jesus should suffer and die. 
Every drop of blood, every bit of sweat, every bit of spit, every hand cupped upon his blessed face, uh, the, 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 the thorns uh, on his brow, I mean the spear that was thrust into his side, his feet nailed to the cross, all of this was planned in the heart of a tender, uh, gracious God before this world was made. Now, you see it tonight, amen. He is the ordained door. He was ordained to die. I hope you see that Calvary and, and redemption and salvation and eternal life and, and heaven, it cost God something. The Bible said God so loved the world that he gave. No one ever gave more. No one ever could. Hey, God gave a spotless, innocent son, one without blemish, one without sin. He gave him to suffer and bleed and die on the old rugged cross. Remember, salvation is only possible because of Jesus Christ. It's only possible because he loved us while we were yet sinners. It's only possible because God uh, chose him uh, from eternity past. God ordained it that way. Amen? And, and there's no other way but through the shed blood of Christ. No one's saved uh, by the church. Love the church. Oh, Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And, and we ought to love the church and support the church and, and do what we can to help her to, to grow. But, but you're not saved uh, by a church. It's not baptism. It's not, not any kind of works that we can do. It's through the shed blood of Christ. After that, in the wisdom of God, the Bible says that the world by wisdom knew not God. But it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Listen, you don't go to heaven head first. You go to heaven heart first. Jesus said, I am the door, the ordained door. Acts 10, 42, the Bible, he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and dead. He is ordained of God. Not only that, he's the only door. Hmm? There's no other. Uh, you know, one day, just to illustrate it, one day God spoke to Noah, who was righteous in God's sight, and he said, Noah, I want you to build an ark. Now, can you imagine, put yourself in Noah's shoes. Uh, hadn't ever seen rain, I don't guess, much less water enough to float an ark. He didn't know what an ark was. But God said, I want you to build an ark. And it was built according to God's pattern, and the ark was about three stories high. It had but one door, only one way in and only one way out. And when the people of God came out of the land of Egypt and were taken into the land of Canaan, God said to them, I want you to build a tabernacle. I want you to build a tabernacle, a portable a tabernacle. And it was erected and taken down as this great army of redeemed people of God moved from Egypt, which is a type of the world, into Canaan, which is a type of victorious Christian life. And the tabernacle had only one door. And every offering made unto God came through that door. Every priest went through that door. Everyone who entered into the outer court where the congregation met, they went in that one door. And all through the Bible, God states there's only one door. John 
chapter 14, verse number 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh to the Father but by me. One way, one door. And Jesus said, I am the way. That means I am the road to heaven. You've heard people say, well, uh, we're all uh, going different ways maybe, but we're all going to go to the same place. Have you heard that? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, you know. I don't know of anything any crazier than that uh, statement. We're, we're all going to the same place, but we're going different. And then they'll quote that old, that old quote, you know, all roads lead to Rome. Think about how crazy that is. I mean, all the roads around Rome don't lead to Rome. I mean, some of them would take you to Venice, or maybe uh, someone would, would uh, take you to another city there, maybe, uh, you know, Florence in Italy. But, but they, all roads do not lead to Rome, and they all don't lead to heaven. Amen? Jesus said, I am the door. L listen to me tonight. There's only one way to get to heaven. That's to walk through that door just like I walk through it. Amen? Just like most of you walk through it. Just like every sinner does. There will be, be no pride go through that door. There won't be any rebellion go through that door. But, but no, nobody but sinners. No one but Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And so only sinners are allowed to go through that door. Oh, listen, that, that's the truth. He is the only door. No other hope for your children. No other hope for your family. No other hope for your neighbor or your co-worker. There's only one way for people to be saved. Jesus says there in verse 9, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved. I am the door. He is the open door. You know, that, that door has not been closed for 2,000 years. Over in John chapter 6, uh, the, Lord, the Lord says there I'm in verse number 37, I believe in chapter number 6, uh, the Lord, my fingers don't always work like they used to. Uh, he says in verse number 37, uh, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Do you know what that means? Any wretched sinner can come to Jesus, and he is obligated to receive him. You know that? I mean, he, I will no wise uh, cast out. He'll always uh, receive that person. Now, the door's always open. He that cometh, rich or poor, white or, or black, learn or unlearn, wise or unwise, uh, sick or well, I will in no wise cast out. Is that what he says? No wise. Uh, Jesus, the open door, the open door to heaven, the open door to happiness. He's the open door to freedom. If the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Is that what the Lord says? Yeah, there are not many free people in America today. <laughs> you think about that. Uh, this is a nation of, of slaves. Think about that. huh? People are slaves to the God of gold. People are slaves to the God of pleasure. And there's no freedom except the freedom we find in Christ. Now let me say this. He is the opportune door. Now, now what, I, what I mean by that, some people take the attitude that they'll be saved whenever they want to be. You, you've heard people say that, haven't you? Huh? Preacher, I, I don't want to be saved today, but, but I'll, I'll be saved next week or maybe next month. You know, a week or a month from now, you may not even be here. Do you realize that? 
Some of you may not make it home tonight. Uh, listen, I, I know that for sure. Uh, and next month, you, you may not have the same desires you would have tonight. You know that? You, you may get saved next week, then you may not. You, you, may, you may be dead next week. You may be dead or uh, an hour from now. I, I've seen the ambulance back up to the door of the church where I was preaching. You know that? I've seen the ambulance back up to the door. They took out one of our deacons, and after the service, I went to the, went to the hospital, and when I walked down the hallways, there was a preacher. He's gone. He's gone. He left the church. Hmm? So you never, you never know how long you're going to have. Jesus is an opportune door. Isaiah 55, 6, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Come call upon him while he is near. Seek him when? It's while he may be found. Huh? Call on him when? When he's near. Seek him when? Huh? When he's speaking to you. You seek God uh, while loved ones are weeping over and maybe praying over you. Uh, you seek him when the gospel is being preached. You, you seek the Lord uh, while you have all your, your right faculties. You know, Job said, because there is wrath, uh, beware lest he take thee away with his stroke. Huh? While he's near, you know. When a dark hour comes, and you know, you might lie somewhere in a hospital bed in a coma can't speak a word, can't recognize your loved ones. You say, will the Lord be near? He'll be near to them, but maybe not to you. Hmm? Yeah, think about it. Uh, when you have your right mind, that's the only time anyone's assured an opportune time. When you have your right mind, he is an opportune door. Now, let me prove that. Matthew chapter 25. Love the gospel of Matthew. One of my favorites if it wasn't for Gospel John. But I do like the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus told a parable how it would be when he comes back. And by the way, Fo, he is coming back. And it may be sooner than later. You know that? Uh, I, I look for it. Boy, I tell you, it could happen any, any moment. The Lord could come back. But he tells a parable here of how it's going to be when he comes back. And... Uh, it's, you know, the, the five foolish and the five wise virgins and uh, the wise had oil in their lamp. The foolish did not, representing uh, the Holy Spirit. And uh, the, the, all, all the virgins rose and trimmed their lamp. The foolish said to the wise, give us of your oil. Uh, you know, and uh, our lamps are gone out. The wise answer said, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But we uh, go rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And, and look what the Lord said. While they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. And look what the next word. And the door was shut. Huh? While the Lord, when the Lord shuts a door, no man can open it. You know that? One of the saddest stories in the entire Bible, and I want you to turn here if you will, if you have your Bible. I hope you do. Uh, Judges chapter number 19, one of the saddest stories in all the Word of God, and uh, in a very, it's a strange chapter, and we're not going to read the whole chapter for the sake of time, but uh, it's a very strange, it, it talks about a man and his wife, 
who were traveling on their way uh, to the Lord's land. And uh, they spent the night in the home of an old man in a certain city. And if you were to read this chapter, you'll find that evil men, the Bible calls them sons of Belial, in other words, sons of Satan, sons of the devil. Uh, they came to the door of the old man. Now down in verse number 22, uh, the, Bible, the Bible said, And as they were making their hearts merry, behold, the men of the city, certain sons of Belial, beset the house round about, beat at the door, spake to the master of the house, the old man, and they said, Bring forth the man that came into thine house, that we may know him. Bring forth the man. In other words, they, they were going to beat the door down. They were going to beat the door down uh, if, if their wish was not granted. But instead, this man allowed his wife, his concubine, uh, to be given over to the wicked men of the city of Ephraim. Now in verse number 25, uh, the Bible said, The men would not hearken to him, so the man took his concubine and brought her forth unto them, and they knew her and abused her all the night until the morning, and when the day began to spring, they let her go. Mm. Now, uh, verse 26 and 27, look at that. Then came the woman in the dawning of the day and fell down, at the door of the man's house where her Lord was till it was light. And her Lord rose up in the morning and opened the doors of the house and went out to go his way. And behold, the woman, his concubine, was fallen down at the door of the house. And her hands were upon the threshold. Notice that. Her hands were upon the threshold. In other words, I, I imagine that woman just before she's expired, I can imagine, she said, if I can just get through that door. If I can just get through the door. And as the sun arose, she came. She fell down at the door. Her hands were on the threshold. Look at verse 28. He said unto her, up, and let us be going. But none answered. Then the man took her up upon an ass, and the man rose up and got him unto his place. They came, he's up, let us be going. No answer, no answer. You know why? She was stone cold dead. She was gone. And that's an awful picture, but it's a picture of, of, of God, uh, someone striving and, and someone struggling uh, when it's too late to get through the door. That, that's what the picture, sometimes we use the expression in our preaching, it's now or never. And that's a good expression, and it must be true because people hear the gospel, they do not believe it, and they lose their soul. There in John chapter 10 and verse number 9, Jesus said, I am the door. Listen, before I close, let me say this. Jesus is an optional door. He is an optional door. Preacher, do you mean I have other options? You sure do. You sure, you sure do. Listen, listen to me. You don't have to be saved. If you're here tonight and you've never been saved, you don't have to be. You know that? You have other options. Uh, no, no one uh, can make you be saved. No one forced me. Did anyone force you? You folk that are saved, were you forced to be saved? No. It was uh, people prayed for me. People witnessed to me. Uh, preachers preached to me. 
I saw how Christians live. Hey, listen, no one made me be a Christian. I chose to receive Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And let me say that no one can make you be saved. If you're here tonight and you've never been saved, no one can make you be saved. No one, no one at all. And, and I've had people say to me, uh, I don't visitation, boy, don't you love to go out and just visit, knock on doors and talk to people about the Lord. I've had people now, preacher, I don't want anything forced on me. You, you people knock on doors, you've had that, haven't you? Preacher, I don't want anything forced on me, you know that? And uh, it must be my choice. You know what? I agree with them immediately. Boy, you're, you're right. I agree. You cannot make a person be saved. It's a voluntary act. It's a voluntary act. Jesus is an optional door. You don't have to take it. You know? You don't have to go through that door. Jesus as Savior, uh, if you receive him as Savior, that's the door to eternal, everlasting life. And when you step through the door, your sins are forgiven and you have a home in heaven. But it's a choice that people make. And Jesus is the only access. Look at what he says there in, in verse, verse number 8. Huh? All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear me. I am the door. By me, if any man uh, enter in. You try to enter in any other way, you know. You try to claim righteous deeds as you do. All of our righteous deeds are as filthy rags, you know that? <laughs> huh? The best we can do. All of us together, if we heap all our best moments all together, be filthy rags. You know that? That won't do it, you know. That won't do it at all. You can try another way. But thief and robber. In other words, what you do when you try another way, you make your situation worse. You know that? What could be worse than a thief or a robber? You make yourself worse. And so tonight, hey, I would just encourage anyone, if you've never been saved, trust Jesus as your Savior. Do it tonight. Hey, you may not get tomorrow. Tonight. Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Amen. So if you've never been saved, uh, tonight is the night you ought to trust the Lord Jesus. Amen. All right, let's bow for prayer. Then Brother John will come. Father, again, we're thankful for your precious word and how good it is to us. And we love you and we thank you, God. We thank you for the promises in the word. We thank you that Jesus is the door and one day, it opened and I stepped through. Thank you, God, for saving me. And Lord, if there's one here tonight that has a need, speak to that heart as well. We love you and we thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, brother. Amen.